If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi-de-ho, I'm Uno Clay from Philadelphia, and I support Gen X Grown Up on Patreon. In a world torn apart by angry pundits and ceaselessly acerbic news, the cheerful tone of Gen X Grown Up is always a welcome escape, not to mention endlessly entertaining, and sometimes even informative. If you want to support the show too, click on genxgrownup.com slash Patreon and toss them a couple bucks. It's the guaranteed way to gain the respect of your peers and immediate promotions at work. Not guaranteed in all 50 states. Some employers may see fit to demote you, and your peers will probably find you weird and distasteful. Results may vary. You are warned. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to this episode 131 of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I'm John. Joining me as always is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And you know that Mo is here. Hey, everybody. In this episode, we'll review the Netflix series based on a legendary Neil Gaiman comic book property, test drive a web browser that promises tighter security with zero compromises, and play Atari's latest game release that reimagines a system-defining Atari 2600 title. That and so much more coming your way in this episode of the show. First, though, it is time for some fourth listener email. Look, we know there are three of us. We're going to listen. Well, George is debatable. He said I can't count on him all the time last Not time. Not all the <laughs> If anybody else listens, that's our fourth listener. Fourth listener this time around is Miles. Uh, Miles wrote us a really long email, and I've edited it judiciously here, but there's still this a is lot the of edit. That's yeah. the edit. But there's Jesus a lot of great Christ. points in Miles's email. <laughs> okay, I want to share with you because he, he has a lot of comments and he addresses each of us individually. Has some some thanks. So let's get into it. Let's stop talking about what we're going to talk about and talk about Miles, who wrote in the subject <laughs> line, "Great episode." So he liked more than one of them. That's probably oh good. Okay, <laughs> Miles says, "I just wrapped up the episode on the three Rob Reiner films. Really enjoyed it, but it ended far too soon. I listened to a <laughs> lot of podcasts during the daily commute to work, and Gen X Grown Up is my first choice every time oh that's cool Mm. oh man I look forward to my drive to work because of your podcast, so thank you. It helps to have your filter on all the media that's out there. It's difficult to wade through everything, so your insight and opinions is a big help. Wow. wow. That on its own was a great email. That was it. That's all he had to yeah, say. That, you know? he, could, he could say thank you and Thanks. Miles. Love, you know? love Miles. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but he says, I was born in 73, and each of the things you talk about resonate with me on several levels. I also enjoyed the summertime toys and play episode. It brought Good back point. a lot of memories. I remember the summer I was 12. 13, 14, each of those summers, I wake up around 10 a.m., my parents would be at work, and after some TV and cereal, oh, this is all sounded so familiar. Yeah, really. I'd venture out of the house to meet up with my ragtag team of friends. <laughs> These friends were crucial to making me who I am as 
an adult. We'd explore the woods around our house, make forts out of found items abandoned in our neighborhood, and be gone until our internal clocks would tell us to go home. Occasionally, we'd smoke cigarettes we stole from our parents. <laughs> okay. George, you like this? 7-Eleven was our hangout on the hot days because they had AC and Galaga. Nice. <laughs> Understood. He addresses each of us then here. He says, I think it was George that mentioned how growing up in those situations made you learn to rely on yourself and problem solve the situations we managed to get ourselves into. Mm-hmm. That was such a great point and insight that I really hadn't considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, I appreciate John's extremely professional presentation of the sound and organization of the podcast. It is a superior example of how great podcasts should be. And you should hear the pre-edit of me reading your email. You would not think it's that professional. (laughs) (laughs) It's all in the edit. It's all in the edit. It's all big. Thank you so much. Uh, And he finally says, and I appreciate Mo's stories about growing up in the city. I grew up in an environment similar to what George and John describe. It's fascinating to hear how different life was in the city. I would never thought about taking the subway or playing with water from a fire hydrant. New York was a faraway planet where Saturday Night Live and Ghostbusters lived. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And he goes, and lastly, I really appreciate George talking about his experience using online therapy. He modeled how important it is to take care of yourself as we age and change, it was inspiring to hear someone from our generation be frank and direct about mental health needs. Wow. Yeah. Very nice. That's important. That's for sure. Yeah. Thanks for all that you guys do for us listeners. It is greatly appreciated. Miles from St. Louis. All right. It was long, but worth it. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what is it you say, Mo? You say, is the uh, juice worth the squeeze? The squeeze and I think yeah. it, I think <laughs> totally so. worth it there. <laughs> Miles, we're so grateful. A lot of great points in there. Thanks yeah. for all your kind words. We're glad that Gen X Grown Up brings something to your day and helps with your commute. Uh, we, mostly, we appreciate that you wrote in. We love it every time the fourth listener takes time out of their day to write in to us. If you would like your email featured here on the show, it is easy. Just hit us up at <laughs> podcast at genxgrownup.com. We'll read every single one, sometimes really, really long ones if it's so worth it. <laughs> and most of them make the show just like Miles. All right, gents, with that good business behind us, it's time to jump into the body of episode 131 right after this. Stick around. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show too. It helps more than you know. It's working. Millions of people like you have fallen asleep faster with Unisom, the only sleep aid with doxylamine. In clinical tests, Unisom helped people feel drowsy, so they fell asleep faster, an average of 23 minutes faster than they did without Unisom, and slept better at night. Unisom, proven in clinical tests and by people like you. For occasional sleeplessness, fall asleep faster and rest assured with Unisom. Let's get the ball rolling, as we always do here at the head of the show, talking about media we have been checking out between now and the last time we got together. Of course, it could be film or comics or TV or books or music, whatever it is. Uh, George, I would like to see what you have been checking out. Uh, well, so I'm going to talk about multiple items because... Wait, again? Been, yes. <laughs> you you know, always again, cheat. You George, always you cheat. You set these rules. Actually, you want to make these rules. <laughs> They're your rules. <laughs> <laughs> these rules. 
And if I did, I get to break them because they're my fucking rules. Made to be broken. No, but we have two weeks in between our podcast of regular episode mm-hmm, podcast mm-hmm. that we drop. And sometimes I'm watching multiple items that I, I want to let everybody know about. But the two week time differential, by the time I get to the third one, that's six weeks. And the thing might already be off in the age of streaming and eight episodes. So I just kind of want to mention a couple of them. first one, John, I just want to mention 60 days in season seven oh has started. God. I'm mentioning that for you because I know you've gotten hooked on it lately. I'm still on season two. It's so addicting. <laughs> so the interesting thing for season seven that they did, the, the twist that they've <laughs> the inter- <laughs> that they put into this one is all of the people that they're sending in this time are mm-hmm. former convicts themselves. Oh, oh. yeah. I, I would think so, that would go better on them from what I've seen. But yeah, okay. Anyway, they, I they would understand it's it, different. Right? It's I'm different. I'm just going to say mm-hmm. that. Okay. okay. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, another one that I want to talk just briefly about is a series called Mike. And when I saw it, I was like, who calls the series Mike? Mike. What is that about? You know, there's millions of Mikes. Well, it's a series. It's a docudrama about Mike Tyson and his life. And I'm a big fan of Mike Tyson, the boxer, and not maybe necessarily all the choices the man has made in his Mm -hmm. life, but I wanted to learn a little bit more about it. And he is heavily involved with the production. So I feel confident Mm. that the things that are in this are at least somewhat accurate to his recollection. Mm -hmm. The actor that they have played playing Mike Tyson in this is arguably the best mimic of a person I've ever seen. Not only are they doing a great job with his look, but Mike Tyson has one feature that is recognizable no matter what you do. And that's his voice. Little squeaky oh, yeah. voice. Yeah. It doesn't match the body at all. <laughs> no, no, no. And the voice this guy puts on is amazing. It really is. As well hmm. as the younger Mike Tysons that they show throughout his historical points, like when he's oh, growing yeah, up really. and when hmm. he's a teenager and when he's first meeting Customato, all of those different timeline actors are doing a tremendous job. It's an Apple Plus series. And I have discovered, I guess, that Apple Plus really knocks these series out of the park. They do a good job. They don't do a ton of series, Mm -hmm. but But when they they do, do, they do a good job. All right. So the third one and the one that I really (laughs) want to talk about the most. The third one. (laughs) (laughs) It's just one that popped up on my radar because of my newly found love for soccer. There's a TV series out there called Welcome to Rexham. And it is based on the fact that Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney have gone and bought an English soccer team. Oh, right. I heard about that. Yeah. And they are the presidents, CEOs, whatever, you know, they're the the owners of the team. And this team at one point was a storied franchise, much like the Sunderland series that I watched a few years Mm -hmm, ago. mm -hmm. And they have now been relegated so far down that they're in the, what is considered the least professional English soccer league in the country. It's like the bottom, bottom rung. They play in the second oldest stadium ever created for international sports. And the thing that I love about this show that they're doing a little bit differently than the Sunderland series that was on Netflix, they're focusing as much or more on the townspeople that live in Wrexham. Hmm. And I really like that aspect because these English soccer clubs, they are exactly that. They are a club. The people who live in this town Half of the people that work for Wrexham are all volunteers, unpaid, working 40, 50 hours a week just because they love the soccer club. Wow. And so they're going on like what we call welfare in this country. They have assistance in England. They're on that just so they can work for the soccer club. <laughs> 
priorities <laughs> well but they're surviving and they're doing a thing that they love which i find very enticing because there's something about that yeah money they say money doesn't buy happiness and the older you get the more you tend to go you know i would take less money for more happiness actually and well, that's what they're doing you well know? and that's kind of my point as you know we talked about in the email earlier about my newfound love of mental health work and all that mm-hmm. i'm changing my attitudes from what we grew up with in the 80s the gordon gecko ronald reagan get everything for yourself mm-hmm. fuck the next guy kind of attitude that we had that was taught to us and i'm understanding now a little bit that it's no longer about achievement or accomplishment it's about what makes me the happiest and that's what these townspeople are doing even though their club <laughs> It's falling apart. (laughs) At the end of the first episode, the club doesn't make the playoffs that they're trying to make. So Ryan and Rob fire almost everyone. It's a fun look at the situation because Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney are fun people. Yeah. yeah. So (laughs) I don't know a lot about European football and all that stuff, but what I do see, it kind of reminds me that they're like what American football used to be back in like the 80s, where cities were fiercely protective of their teams. Yes. I went to college mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh, and you didn't go to Three River Stadium and root against the Steelers. Right. You just didn't do it. <laughs> you didn't go to a bar in Pittsburgh and root for the other team. One done. Unless you just went in grief like the entire time. And even when they were horrible, even when the Steelers were doing terrible, they mm-hmm. were still behind their team. Which today you don't see that as much in American football. You know, people seem to jump around. They follow players, run a team. Fair weather friends. Yeah. There are a few teams around the nation, but most of them kind of, they love or hate their team rather than love it all the time. Yeah. It's it's more of a religion almost. Right. Where it seems like in Europe, it's more like they are always fiercely loyal to the local teams. Fiercely loyal. You're right. The loyalty of the fans is unquestionable. No matter what team it is, I'm starting to turn a corner. English soccer, English football, however you want to, whatever term you want to use for the sport, it's the best setup for sports in a league setting that I've ever seen. Yeah. Because of the fact of something we've talked about before, if your team sucks and doesn't win any games, your ass gets kicked out of that league and goes to the league below Mm -hmm. it. Yep. Relegation. And you keep going down like this poor Wrexham team has, (laughs) and they are now in this bottom professional league longer than any other soccer team in history. Like 15 years they've been in this league. (laughs) I'm typically a fan of consequences, so I like that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you have a team say in the nfl right mm-hmm. and they suck and they win like one game the whole season but there's no like john said there's no consequences mm-hmm, to it right they're still gonna be a billion dollar fucking team in the nfl next year that owner is not going to have to suffer anything the owners of these teams yeah they lose a shit ton of money when their teams go down a league. And that's <laughs> right. what I appreciate. And watching people like Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds suffer through that. Yeah, and man. <laughs> just simple things like, hey, guys, you know how we resodded the field before the season? Yeah, uh, that cost us $100,000. Okay, great. Yeah, well, the guy fucked up. And so we got to do it again. And now it's going to cost 200,000 on top of the hundred thousand we spent. And Ryan Reynolds goes, Hey, that's exactly how I wanted this Carl to start. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's a really fun look at a sport that maybe a lot of fans in America aren't Mm -hmm. really watching. So if you're interested in trying a new sport or if you're just interested in the characters that are in there, it's really worth a watch. They're 25 minute episodes. It's on F. 
FX, so you can watch it on almost anything. And it's just a fun little series. I really enjoy it. All cool. Right. Welcome to Wrexham. Huh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> And John, I kind of want to know your next thing because you talked about it. It was one of your looking forward to's and I was Great. interested in it and now want to know if I should start watching it or not. <laughs> gotcha. Well, I'm going to save you time and say yes. There. Okay. No problem. We're done. <laughs> we're done. Oh, how are you doing? Okay, what I got? <laughs> I was looking forward to an animated series called Little Demon. Oh, yeah. The thing that jumped out at me is I like any like adult theme, not, not kids cartoons, but adult cartoons. Of course, we're talking like the, the family guys of the world, mm-hmm. you know, more. I think those really funny. The juxtaposition of animation of that adult stuff always makes me chuckle. And Little Demon, the concept of the show that I saw in the trailers was that there was a young girl. She is literally the daughter of Satan. Her mom had an affair when she was young and wild with the devil. Had this child, you actually see her being born at the beginning of the series. And the series kind of picks up when she hits puberty and her satanic powers and whatever she has being half <laughs> demon start to manifest. And uh, it, it looked promising <laughs> just on the surface. And I thought, okay, well, let's check it out and mm-hmm. look. And that's how it started being exactly what I thought. Like, oh, here's the mom giving birth and here's the girl. She's being dropped off at school and they have a great dynamic. Satan is played by Danny DeVito. Oh, nice. <laughs> the daughter is played by one of DeVito's children and the mom, the absolute badass mom that I'll talk yeah. about in a second, Aubrey Plaza uh-huh. <laughs> from Parks and Rec. Wonder, and I almost didn't recognize her. She's a tougher kind of character in this, mm-hmm. but the series started exactly like you think. She gives birth and she's going to school and she's having a rough time of it. And uh, she's in the bathroom and she literally has her first period. And that's the trigger that all of a sudden, all of a sudden she's broken into puberty and her eyes turn black and she has these powers. I'm not going to spoil what happens in the beginning, but shit goes down. Yeah. There are black clouds over the town. Stuff's getting sucked into the clouds. Crazy stuff is happening just because this girl has come into her powers. Well, you would think the next thing that happened is the mom gets, oh no, I had no idea terrible things were going to happen. Oh no. The mom, (laughs) she has a hidden dungeon behind the refrigerator where she's been keeping all these potions and monsters and hatchets and weapons and stuff to prepare (laughs) to battle Satan because they've been moving as a single mom. The daughter thinks it's just, oh, she can't keep a job. She's been moving to keep Satan from tracking the daughter. (laughs) This is a child abduction custody battle. It really is. It kind of (laughs) is. But it's like really funny. We see the mom is like all of a sudden, like you see her after you realize what's going on and she's covered in like these sigil tattoos and all these spell things and like tattoos all over her body. (laughs) So Satan gets a hold of the daughter. She's like, oh, I got to go check it out. She goes to her next door neighbor and says, I need you to help me with something in the garage. Sure. And effectively, she strips down totally nude. She kills a chicken, says, keep an eye on my body. And flump, she falls over and she's teleported into the (laughs) satanic demonic world. And she's doing (laughs) hand to hand battle. She's astral projecting. With, oh, it's it's just so much it's more to badass. it. It's clever. It's funny. It's heartfelt. At its core, you kind of pinged on it, George. It's just this custody battle between these two parents that are estranged with huge ramifications for the universe <laughs> on top of it. It's a lot of fun. What I really like about it, though, is it's not predictable. No. I mean, you see some of these things like, okay, this is what's going to happen. It's going to happen. Like, oh, no. <laughs> like, you think like, oh, the kid's going to be like, oh, my God, I'm saying. No, she's like kind of getting into it a little bit. You she's know? she's <laughs> a little okay with it. She's like, oh, that was kind of cool. She's okay with it, kind <laughs> Uh, you know, she's I didn't know I it. could make blood do that. Right? It's just crazy <laughs> stuff. It's a really fun show. Yeah, there's a lot 
to it. I wasn't prepared for full frontal nudity in this yeah. cartoon, but it, it isn't it isn't gratuitous. It's like that was part of the ceremony she had to perform to travel astral project or whatever, you know. <laughs> she took chicken bones and put them in a condom and swallowed them so that when she got to the other side, she pooped them out and made them into a gun that was shooting demons. I mean, she's got this down. She's prepared yeah. for what was going to happen. And the series now is that whole battle. Yeah. yeah. I love her neighbor too because her neighbor just takes all this in stride. Yeah, she's like, okay, huh? I'll keep an eye on your body. <laughs> yeah, she's like, like whatever. <laughs> Sounds like it needs to be an Edie McClurg character. <laughs> it could be. Yeah, it, it's yeah. a similar character. I can keep on gushing over it. I really like it. So the answer to your question, to reiterate what I told you at the beginning, yes, you need to watch it, George. Oh, Little right, Demon yeah. is a lot of fun. The, the voices are great. The animation is great. Well worth your time. So speaking of worth your time, I've heard good things about what you've got to talk about, Mo. Fill us in. Am I misinformed or is it right? Yeah. So I'm going to talk about Sandman. Okay. Yep. The show that I've been looking forward to for a long time. I'm a huge Neil Gaiman fan. I've been mm-hmm. reading his books and his comics he's written, Sandman one specifically. Right, right. And I was a little concerned because it's pretty involved, the first series of Sandman comics. You know, there's just a lot going on there that it's a lot, it's very deep. So I was a little worried about how they're going to translate that to the show. Mm-hmm. But Neil Gaiman was completely involved in this thing from the start and he went into it realizing that okay this is a different medium you have to change things and he right. even like I saw a YouTube video where he talks about the changes he made and why he says this doesn't play well when you do on TV you know this doesn't make sense that kind of thing I personally think they knocked it out of the park I think this is an amazing show mm. some parts were heavy some parts were funny just for people who don't know I mean Sandman is about basically there's these beings I don't know exactly what to call them that are eternal and they embody like certain things like the Sandman embodies dreams he's over the dream realm and there's death and there's desire and, and mm. these are all like figures that actually kind of control this stuff and he gets captured and that's the whole thing like while well, he's captured people can't dream anymore for like you know there's so many years and they have all these you know, people mm. fall asleep and don't wake up it's all these it's really crazy how what the stuff that happens and over the course of the thing though he finally escapes and you know the whole story continues but there's a particular episode though which I will talk about which where he meets his sister death mm. oh his sister's death huh okay. his sister is death and it had to be I think one of the most compassionate episodes I've ever seen that dealt with that stuff because I'm sitting there thinking okay this is gonna be depressing because he, she's gonna be like taking kids or whatever and, and actually she does because like, he mm. walks with her as she kind of does her job but the way she talks about it, she's like, I used to think that I was there to take them and do this. She says, but actually, she says, I realized they're there for me and I'm there to just help them get there and understand what my purpose is and all that stuff. And it was just an amazing, amazing episode. There's a partner where there's, which is in a comic where there's a guy, like this is back in the 1600s where he's in a bar in England and he's drunk. He's like, oh, I'm never going to die. You know, I decided, I think it's all mental and death and dream are in there. And she's like, what if I give him that wish? <laughs> <laughs> and so she does. Oh. And so Dream goes to the guy and talks to him. He says, I will see you here in 100 years. And the guy's like, oh, what are we talking about? He realizes he can't die. So every yeah. 100 years, they meet at this bar and Dream talks to him about what the last hundred years have been like. Interesting. Huh. And it goes to modern times because this guy can't die. <laughs> and he has his ups and downs and Dream seems to think that eventually he'll want to die. But so far, nope. <laughs> but he said, I mean, all these stories are just amazing and they did such an amazing job. The casting was just perfect on this hmm. thing too. This is the first time I've heard anyone talk about Sandman in the specific. Mm. Everything I've heard so far has been the abstract. It's the greatest thing since sliced bread. The oh, visuals yeah. are amazing. They are. And all that's true. But no one's <laughs> told me why I should care. Mm-hmm. Like the things you've told me so far, like, oh, there's this compassionate scene between a brother and sister. There's this yeah. compelling story about a guy who can't die, whatever. There are things 
things they're hang my hat on. They're things that are interesting that maybe I'll go and look at it. Because unlike George, I'm not a huge comic book guy. I don't know the series of comics already. I see them at comic book stores because alphabetically they're right before the shadow. So I always see them there, <laughs> but I've never read them. And so there was nothing really for me to grab onto. And now you, you've put a spark that like, okay, I know it's quality. Maybe there's something in- interesting to see other than fan service to comic book fans. Maybe there is more there. No, is that- it's definitely more than that. It's absolutely more so than that. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've talked to people who have not read the comics at all and they me? also yeah. really just love the show because it's it's just really well done, yeah. well written. So I definitely give this 100%. And plus, they, they want to get a Dang. second season. So they're telling people like, hey, make sure you go on Netflix and watch this thing. <laughs> and watch it. Watch it again. Watch it <laughs> yeah, one more watch time. It again. Yeah, get the streaming. Because we want to get the numbers up so we can do a second season. So I hope they do. I know it was expensive shows so they might not just for that reason. Mm. But again, I'm hoping they really do because I think it's worth it. Okay. Sandman on Netflix. All right. Yep. Maybe I'm going to check it out. Thanks, Mo. Sure. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. The secret of controlling the new Datsun Turbo ZX is controlling yourself. You won't do 0 to 50 in 6 seconds flat, but you know you could. You won't wind it to its track speed of over 100 miles an hour, but you know you could. And when the light turns green, you won't flaunt your turbo power, but knowing you could is awesome. I'm going to kick off Tech and Toys because I'm going to try to keep this short, but there's a little bit of involvement in how I got to this particular toy. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. And also, if I do it first, I figure, John, you can cut out later if it's boring. I'll just trim it out. <laughs> so if we jump right from Mo saying, well, my thing is, and write to somebody else, right to you'll know it's exactly. boring. Exactly. I'm leaving plenty <laughs> in. So I used to play a game a few years ago called Elite on the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they have a modern version of it. And basically, it's a space. Outer open, spacey thing, right? Cockpit yeah. Outer deal. space where sure. you get a ship and you have a multiple, and it's totally like open world. You we used to play that back on the A500. It was actually you yep. did. It was, yeah. that's it's actually based on that game. It's like a pirate trader thing. Like you exchange things and you haul, yep. you smuggle and stuff. For, oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Just remember fun. that just way more detailed and involved than what you remember back in the day. Yep, right. Sure. And there's a whole of community course. behind it now. And I stopped playing it after a while just because normal get tired of it sort of thing. And then I found out that uh, with my VR thing, you could play this in VR. Oh, uh, the, the, the Quest headset deal. Yep, with the Quest. So right. I tried it and I was like, oh my God. I said, this is <laughs> freaking amazing <laughs> playing in VR. You can look it to the left and that control panel will light up for you and you can just do stuff. So, anyway, so I started playing it. And then that's when I kind of realized that the joystick that I was playing it with, because you really do need like a flight stick to play this game, mm-hmm. didn't have enough buttons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's really what it came down to. <laughs> Because I had the VR thing on my face, so I couldn't see the keyboard. I used to play with a joystick and a keyboard. Right. Oh. Now I can't really see the keyboard to put... Mm-hmm. 
So I need more joystick buttons so I can do all the stuff just right from the joystick. So I went and hunt for a joystick. I looked online. I started looking like the best. And actually, this whole article is on what's the best joystick for this particular game? Because there's mm. people who just talk about that. Okay. And the one I wound up getting was the Thrustmaster T16000. Okay. okay. Sounds impressive. And you guys know the Thrustmaster. I'm sure you've heard their name before. I mean, they made- Yeah, because the other 15,999 were crap. Yeah. So when they got to 16,000, that's where they really hit that sweet spot. Is that how many buttons are on it? Oh, my God. There's, there's, it actually has more buttons than I need, which is amazing. All right. So it's a joystick. So it's a joystick and a throttle control, which is also key. Oh, oh. So it's both. Like a flight yoke stick with pitch yep. and yaw deal. Oh, I remember. I used to use for Wing Commander. Like that exactly. Like, exactly. Oh, that I got you. Right. I got this thing, hooked it up, and it is damn good. They put weight into it and good nonstick feet so it doesn't slide around when you're mm-hmm. doing it on a tabletop, which was a problem I had with the other one because, you know, you get excited and, you know, next year your whole thing is kind of flying all over the place. The buttons, everything, just way it feels, everything is very intuitive of where things are. Plus, again, because Elite is such a pretty popular game, it came with a pre-configured button configuration for Elite. There you go. <laughs> Someone's already figured out the best place it, to put all, all the, those things. Exactly. Yeah. So I just said, you know what? I'm not going to screw with it. I'm just going to go with what they said and just learn it rather than trying to tweak it for myself, which I realized mm-hmm. was totally worthless. So I started doing that with the VR headset. Let me tell you, it's like a brand new game between wow. all this stuff. It is just so <laughs> much fun to play. I actually spent an hour just flying around this solar system just looking at shit. I mean, it was just... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was just it's just that amazing. I'm not gonna I'm not trying to steal most thunder. It's no, a little please. expensive, 170 it is. bucks. It is, it is I, I know the brand Thrustmaster has been mm-hmm. synonymous with the top of the line yeah. air control devices ever. Uh, flight control devices, I should say, but it, it looks gorgeous. Like oh, it, is. it makes me want to play flight sim games. <laughs> this was like the number two recommended one. The number one recommended one was like six hundred bucks. I'm like, no mm. way! Mm. I was spending six hundred dollars on a freaking joystick, <laughs> but it's just this is not going to happen. That's know? the measure. If the joystick costs more than a Lego Atari set, it's too much. If it costs less, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like that. That's a good, that's a good benchmark there. <laughs> that's the bar. So it's super responsive. It actually, could do left, right handed. Like it comes with the stuff that you can actually make it left-handed oh, controller it. Yeah. versus yeah. right-handed controller if you want. It just feels solid. You know what that's like. You get a piece of equipment, mm-hmm. it just feels like you're not going to break it. It's, it just feels like it's meant to do as much. Feels to do. premium. If it has some exactly. have to it, yeah, that's cool. And so I would highly recommend if you're into a flight sim. Seriously, no, I, I would say you have to be seriously into flight sim kind of stuff because I wouldn't spend 170 dollars on something you may play a few times. Right. But if you're serious about it, I would just highly recommend this is something you get. All right, and a link uh, as George said in the show notes. To take yeah. a peek. All right. Thrustmaster 16,000 buttons. 16, That's a lot 000. of buttons. <laughs> That's a lot of buttons. So, John, you have something that I am really intrigued by because I've been looking for a similar solution. This is something that has changed my daily life. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. So, we've talked before. George, you bought an entire car so that you could take advantage of Android Auto and then you had to give it to your son, of course. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm not happy about this tech toy that you're about to start fucking talking about. Oh, really? I'm just shaking my head the whole time because I'm like, I went and I saw what you were putting in there a couple of days ago and I went and looked at the link and I'm like, mother pus fucking. <laughs> well, I love Android Auto in my car. It, it, I, I can't get in and not plug it in anymore. Like I love, yeah. like as a dashboard, as a cockpit kind of thing, To it knows where I'm going because it looks at my calendar with Google. It says, do you want to go to the movies? I'm like, how did you know? Because they know. Yeah, it's kind of frightening. 
it. Yeah. I love everything <laughs> about it. However, my phone is getting a little old. And so the, the plug-in port is not as reliable, not as tight anymore. And uh, the, the, the bracket I used to hang my phone on broke from the heat and I can't replace it anymore. They don't make them because you, the deal is you have to plug your phone into Android Auto to make mm-hmm, it work. You got to mm-hmm. physically plug it in. And I try to look at like other plugs and other brackets and everything. And I'm like, this is just a pain in the ass. And a part of me, admittedly, like 2% of me went, Maybe it's time to buy a new car that has <laughs> wireless Android Auto. Well, I dismissed that right away because that's way that's crazy. But I started looking around and I found this thing that is amazing both in its execution and its performance. It's called AA Wireless. It's a little box. It costs I don't know. It's under hundred bucks. So you're already looking oh. at the page already, George. It's sixty seventy. I don't know what it costs. It's maybe. Um. Yeah. It's ninety bucks. Ninety bucks. Under hundred yeah. bucks. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um. It, what it does is exactly what you say. I'm going with this. It makes Android. Android Auto wireless if you have a car that has Android Auto but does not have it wireless. You plug the little box into physically into like you plug your phone into your car. You connect to it via Bluetooth and you fire up this app and voila, Android Auto is on your screen without having to plug in your phone. The execution of this, I've never seen any kind of like phone app slash dongle piece of hardware that was so well executed. When I launched the app, it says, hey there, we're going to walk you through this. You need to enable some settings on Android Auto. Tap here to go there. It flips to that page and the thing blinks. Like, here's where you need to click. Like, the app's not allowed to change the settings, but it can take you there and hold your hand and get there. All right, now you need to go and enable this and sync with this Bluetooth and do all this. And I did everything. It worked the first time. And now when I go get in the car with my phone still in my pocket, before I can get to the end of the driveway, Android Auto is up, it's connected, and I'm ready to navigate. It is amazing. It, it's changed the way that I interact with my car and with my Android Auto. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I have iPhone, but I have the similar issue though. Like mm-hmm. I go to the car, I gotta plug it in. And I forget, sometimes I jump in the car, it's in my pocket and I'm halfway down the road. I realize it's not plugged in, so I can't mm-hmm. listen to music or whatever. So my question though is now what about power? How do you how do you charge your phone in the car? Yeah, I'm working on how to deal with that because oh, that I was see. always okay. the I, I'm always connected, therefore I'm always charged. So I'm right. gonna get just one of those little like robotic like that grabs your phone to charge it wirelessly via chi because right. I no longer have to plug it in. But yeah, got it. you gotta figure out how to charge it on longer trips. On shorter trips, who cares? Your phone is fine. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's another thing to deal with. I know this is absolutely coming off to some listeners as oh, first world problems, right? It, because, of course. Oh, it definitely yeah. is. Oh, hugely. Oh, I don't want to take my <laughs> computer out of my pocket and plug it into something oh my god and spend 30 seconds doing this before i turn my press my button on my vehicle that drives me around to all these places so i don't have to walk with a bucket on my head or whatever but but (laughs) that being said i understand the desire for this what i'm kind of curious about is a comment that you made at the beginning where you said in a joking manner, I kind of considered buying a new car to get Android, <laughs> you know, wireless. So are you saying that they do now have Android Auto wireless in newer vehicles? They do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what is the impediment software wise for them to not just give an update for your car? Hmm to do that because your radio already has a Bluetooth adapter in it. That's how your phone connected to it before. So the Bluetooth is not the impediment. They have a Bluetooth adapter in there. (laughs) The only impediment is the software. So why not look for, you know, like a firmware update yeah. that enables that ability or they just car manufacturers in Google said, fuck you guys go buy something for a hundred dollars. <laughs> ding, ding, oh, ding. Could... It's the second one. It's the fuck you guys. <laughs> wow. They keep those new features behind a firewall. Now I'm sure there might be some 
electronic enhancements, but the fact that I can do it with a dongle tells me the difference is software. Mm -hmm. They keep those behind a wall, like new features. I remember it used to have a feature in my car where I couldn't see what my cruise control is set to. Like you have it set to 70. It didn't say that anywhere. And then it had, I saw newer cars. I test drove one. It said that. And I went and said, hey, I want to get the update that shows that. Like, oh no, no, that's just in new cars. Like it's just a readout. You have the data. So they firewall that behind there. So there's nothing my car can't do. It's the manufacturers. They want to incentivize advise you to buy a new car eventually so they don't roll so if out. anybody out there knows their shit and is listening to this podcast somebody go out there and figure out how to jailbreak this son of a bitch no kidding. just like yeah. you did with cell phones back in the day go mm-hmm. just go jailbreak this so that we can have this without having a, i'm not trying to take money away from a wireless they built something that mm-hmm. works and you love it mm-hmm. that's right but this is bullshit <laughs> this is absolute bullshit it is i totally agree just call a bullshit on it before we wrap up talking about the AA wireless i have to tell you there are a couple of downsides, not even downsides, are things that say it's not perfect because you are kind of wedging a feature into something that wasn't intended to be there. So the things you have to consider is that now your car really is being considered as a screen casted Bluetooth speaker almost. So it behaves the same, by the way. There's no difference. The resolution is identical, all that. But because of that, like if I remote start my car, it will grab my phone before I get there. And like I go to open the map and it says, oh, you can't open maps while Android Auto is running. I'm like, but I'm not using. Oh, my car in the driveway is right. Mm. And once in a while, I would say maybe 5% of the time when I get into Android Auto, my phone will still be connected like to my earbuds as the Bluetooth source. And I have to pop up my phone and say, no, it's oh. actually the AA wireless. Okay. But most of the time it grabs it fine. But if I've been doing other things, sometimes the audio doesn't route properly. Those are minor inconveniences. Again, first world problems, as you said. Right. It's just if you have a convenience that has an annoyance, getting over that annoyance is worth a little bit of investment. And that's where I found Android Auto. Great. The annoyance of plugging it in was not a big deal until finally it was a big deal because my phone wasn't, you know, it would come unplugged in the middle of driving like, damn it, you know. See, this is why I appreciate Tesla. Mm, they upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. Oh, right. They do it the right way. Like if if there's a new feature for a car that I bought three years ago and there's a new feature that gets put on a new car, if it's at all possible for that mm. my old car to get it, it's just a software upgrade. And they, they do charge it all the for time. some of them too, don't they? Fairly? Some of them they do, but it's the same thing. It's like you're paying for a new service. Mm-hmm. I get that. But Everybody is paying for that new service. You're not limited just because of when you bought the vehicle. Right. Oh, you can still get it, right? You can get it, yeah. To me, that's a more... a fairer economy in that realm than this bullshit where John has to consider <laughs> buying a new car. <laughs> and the one he's got is only a couple of years old. Yeah. Five years old. Yeah. It's a cool device. If you have Android Auto and you have at all an annoyance with that, I can tell you that there are a lot of solutions out there. I've seen problems with others, like voice stuff doesn't work. I have no problems with this. Only those minor annoyances that I mentioned that are easy to work around. AA Wireless. We'll put a link again down in the description Very of cool. this one. All right, George, how about you? What do you got for tech and toys? I'm always interested in trying out new browsers. I like to play around with them, see what they do better than another one or what they do worse. And Mm -hmm. so I've probably got like 10 different browsers installed on my main computer at the house right now. Uh, (laughs) One that I recently found out about, it's I'm sure a lot of other people already know about it. It's another Chromium based browser. It's called Brave. Mm. And the things that I wanted to play around a little bit with it were based mainly around its security and its memory usage. So everything that I was looking at said, hey, it's a super secure, fast, private browser. 
that you can use and it takes away all the stuff that you're worried about with say like Chrome or any of the others where you're worried about being spied upon or pop-up ads or cookies or any of that kind of stuff. Mm. It does that part really, really well. I don't have to worry about websites tracking me quite as much because it is a little creepy sometimes when I'm in Google and say I search for a pizza place and then I go to Amazon and they say, would you like to buy a pizza cutter? M- yeah, motherfucker. I, know. <laughs> I, know. I don't want to hear that. Does that bother you? I appreciate that. Like you're doing <laughs> me a favor. It depends on what the thing is. It pops up is okay. whether or not it All bothers right. me. All right. It's fair. The one thing that I was really very interested in though, I don't think it does what people are purporting it to do. Hmm. And that's the memory usage. So if you, open up a number of tabs in Chrome, we all know Chrome just eats up a shit ton of system memory. Just whatever RAM you have, Chrome is going to take like 80% of it every time. (laughs) And I had watched several videos saying that Brave would not take up nearly as much memory as Chrome. Well, I did some tests and I like a B side by side stuff. I side by side. I opened up the same tabs on the same pages. George does the work so we don't have to. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Thank you. Honestly, brave is only about 5% better than Chrome. So if you're getting brave for its memory usage, don't you're going to, your system resources are going to get eaten up the same way they do with Chrome or any of the other Chromium browsers. And I bet, it's got to be because they're all based on Chromium. Yeah. So better, but not like substantially better. Not substantially better. I the other you. part is its speed. It's supposed to be faster to load pages and everything. I did see a, a slight difference in page load times when I started using this, mm-hmm. but I've been using it for about a month now. And it feels like after a month's worth of usage, it's slowing down. It kind of Ooh, reminds no. me of a Windows system when you first boot uh. it up. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Boom, everything pops up super fast. But after using it for a few years and it gets stuff stuck in its memory and in yep. its registry and whatnot, it start tends to slow down. That's what feels like is happening with this browser. Secure-wise, it is absolutely one of the most secure browsers out there. It does have private browsing like we're used to with every other browser, but it also offers a Tor private browsing client directly oh, in really? to the application. So, you know, you go to your menu and you say, okay, I want a secure private tab. Well, you can also right below that is a tour tab. I've played with Tor, but it like it had no features. Mm-hmm. Well, none of the features I expected, but this has Tor like embedded. Like you're it's like, Tor embedded. like this is my bank or something. You want to yeah. make sure like firewalled kind of thing. Interesting. Now be prepared when you use your Tor tab. It is much, much slower. So it will take a noticeable amount of time to get to the thing you're wanting to do. Like John, you talk about going to your bank. Mm-hmm. If your bank page loads up instantly, it's now going to take four or five seconds. So it's a trade-off. Yeah. Oh, all right. So it's useful on two out of the three things I was interested in. <laughs> yeah, that's something. Not the third. It's a fair browser to use. I'm using it as a daily driver right now as I continue my testing. Mm-hmm. And so far, I haven't wanted to turn it off. It's come close a few times, but mm-hmm. no, so really. far, I haven't wanted to turn it off. Is this a candidate for something that like will become your go-to, you think? I mean, it sounds like it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Are there problems with it or reasons to leave it, really? Or is it kind of the top runner? The only one is um, just the memory. Mm -hmm. I really want a browser 
to find a way to not be an 80% memory hog. Yeah. And yeah, I don't understand why the browsers need to be that much of a memory hog. They're not video intensive games. Mm -hmm. They're yeah. not super high end video processors that we might use to edit a film or something like that. So I don't understand a browser's need to take up that much system resource. It needs to take up some. Sure. I get yeah. that. And we do a lot of stuff in our browsers these days oh, that yeah. we've never we did before. Everything. Now we're yeah. doing our office word processing with things like Google Docs. And mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I, you can edit videos like I was just mentioning. You can do that on web-based products. You can yep. edit photos. You can do a lot of stuff in web browsers that you could never do before. They've become like a default platform for a lot of applications. Yep. But they shouldn't need to take up this much system memory from what their original core application is. Yeah. Yeah, I should need 64 gigs of RAM to yeah, check to my browser. Gmail. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I have 16 gigs of RAM in that in my gaming desktop, mm -hmm. and I really feel like I've got to go up to 32 gigs of RAM. Just because of browsers. Point. Browsers are like yeah. all you can eat. Like They'll just take as much as you'll give mm -hmm. them, it seems. Yeah. They just keep going. Yeah. So solid product. Don't want to leave it yet, but it didn't scratch that one itch. Hmm. All right. Stick around. We get back. Getting into some games. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. Surprise, Jessica, I'm home! But it's not what it looks like. Looks like lasagna to me. I thought we were on a diet. We still are. Weight Watchers, Jessica, don't try to fool me. Oh, finally, 19 new meals that are so much saucier, so much chunkier, and so much zestier, you won't believe they're Weight Watchers. New Weight Watchers frozen meals, so good, you'd almost think you're cheating. Why didn't you tell me? You didn't ask. This is the main event of the podcast. For the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Time to talk about games, All and right. <laughs> just like Mo earlier, I'm going to go first, and <laughs> I want to talk about a board game this time instead of a video game. Cool. Mo, nice. this cool. is one that you and I, I believe we both picked this up at SFGE this past year, although I don't know why we didn't go back to talk about it after we talked about Corridor. Uh, this is Pylos. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Pilots. Good stuff. Okay. Really fun stacking spheres game. Now, I enjoyed what I saw. This is from that Gigantix or whoever they are, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Gigamic, 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 yeah, uh, Giga something or other. We need a pronunciation guide on your page there, Gigamic, <laughs> right? <laughs> and Mo, we commented on Corridor how the box design was so beautiful. Oh yeah, the wooden pieces felt so nice to play with and everything. We really appreciated 
what gigamic or gigamic whatever whatever <laughs> they put <laughs> into it did, yeah <laughs> the production value that they put into the game it's quality stuff in preparation for talking about this game pylos i went to a website that i kind of want to talk more about than this board game and maybe mm. i'll bring it up in the next game segment next time the website is board game geek Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew Mo would know it instantly. John, I figured you probably (laughs) did too. Yeah. I was not really familiar with this website at all, hardly. I think I had looked on it one time because I was searching for my little uh, D&D desktop calendar thing, and it Mm. popped up in that Mm -hmm. search when I was looking at that. I didn't understand exactly what this website offers. My God, this website is beautiful. It's like the Wikipedia of board games, isn't it? It yeah. is yeah. the Wikipedia yeah. of board games, but it's Wikipedia combined with eBay, combined with Amazon, because you can mm. buy, trade, mm-hmm. sell, do all kinds of things. In my research for Pylos and Corridor, I found out these games were not first published by this Gigamike company. These games have been around for decades oh, ah. okay this game pylos in particular came out in the early 90s oh so they're creating premium versions of these games right. not inventing exactly. the game so much all right okay. yeah That's smart <laughs> and not only did these games come out earlier they have a crap ton of different names which is what's on this board game geek website <laughs> pylos is pylos pylos classic pylos deluxe pylos mini pylos pocket and five other names mm-hmm. like stratosphere which is what it first was released as in 1993 uh, mm. Quepos, uh, Opnar de Top, <laughs> which has got to be French, I'm guessing. That sounded Klingon. It might have been <laughs> from intergalactic game release. But um, <laughs> what I did find out, Mo, you'll be interested to know, the, the version we bought, mm-hmm. it's a smaller grid than what it originally was released as. Oh, really? And our hmm. version is for two players. The yeah. original version was for four players. Huh. I would okay. have never known any of this about this game that I enjoy so much if it weren't for Board Game Geek. Hmm. So this website, if you are at all interested in board games, and I know Thanos and a few other of our uh, <laughs> yeah, listeners sure. out there, our friends of the podcast, are big into board games and know this website already. So I'm not telling them anything they don't know. But if right. you love board games and you haven't heard of this website, you owe it to yourself to go check it out. They have wonderful things like what's coming up in the world of board games, uh, the top 50 most popular board games hmm. by our website patrons right now. And it's all free of charge. It has opened my eyes up to a new way about thinking about board games that I never would have known before. And it's kind of thanks to Pylos, which is my topic for this podcast. Pylos is a great game. It's a sphere stacking game where you and another person in this Gigamike version each have a set number of spheres and your object is to place the last sphere on top. If you're the person who gets to place the last sphere Mm. on the sphere pyramid at the top of the game, you win. Okay. The most important thing that people think about is, okay, I got to be the person last. Well, what you really need to consider at the beginning of the game is how to conserve your sphere and force your opponent to play more of their spheres because the more of the spheres they play on the bottom row, the fewer spheres they have, and eventually they'll run out of spheres and you just get to put all your spheres And you just stack, 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 and you win. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So great little game, Mo. I know you bought it. I'm assuming you've played it. Oh, yeah. Fun, fun, fun. Quick, like 10 or 15 minute strategy type Mm -hmm. game, just like Corridor is. 
And because of the Gigamic production value with the wooden pieces and the beautiful box and everything, it's one of mine and my wife's top five board games right now. Nice. And being attractive, it's like one of those things you might not mind leaving out, like a little, yeah. like a pseudo art piece. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're leaving out, you know, Risk or something. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine having it out just to play whenever because it's quick to yeah. play, easy, and it's yeah. attractive. So, huh. well, and you talk about as a visual talking point a piece right yep. like you know uh maybe a coffee table book is right it's right. that kind yep. of thing i can see that remember at sfge mode the giant version oh yeah that they had cool. in, in that, that room account. in that meeple's room they're they're super expensive i could see having a corridor or a pylos version out like that it, you know, John spent $240 on Atari Lego. <laughs> so did you. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Don't point at John. You, John. <laughs> but I'm saying. We're talking I about you see... right now. Don't make this about me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I could see if I have, which I'm, my wife and I are trying to put together, uh, a specific room for playing board games. Mm. Oh, I could see wow. having one of those bigger versions right. of this out and being willing to spend the money. Now, my wife wouldn't be willing to spend the money. <laughs> But I would be. But she might to. let you. Yeah. <laughs> like I say, but it looks attractive, though. I mean, they look awesome. They do look yeah. good. So, yeah. yeah. They're beautiful. Mm. All right, John. Mm. Speaking of Atari. <laughs> were we speaking of Atari? Oh, well, well, Lego. Yes, Segway. Okay. <laughs> we were. <laughs> Segway. We're going to have a new sound production cool sound thing. Segway. Segway. Yeah. <laughs> we were speaking of Atari, and I teased yeah. it at the beginning of the show. We mentioned, I was looking forward to this too, I think. Atari has been coming out recently with these reimagined versions of classic arcade games. They do like Breakout yeah. and Asteroids and Gravatar and Centipede. Recharge, they call them, right? Well, the latest one to come out is the first one that's not based on an arcade game. It's in fact based on one of our favorite Atari 2600 games, Yars Revenge. So they just came out with this Yars Recharged. There's a lot to like about it. There are a couple of things that might turn you off depending on what you loved about Yars Revenge. So let me start with the good. The basic structure of Yar's Revenge is present. You are still a little Yar evolved from a Earth house fly on a doomed space mission. You are still defending yourself from this Kotile, who's this big evil baddie that sometimes turns into a swirl and shoots at you and tries to kill you. You still have to chip away at armor to mm-hmm. charge a Zorlon cannon to ultimately shoot and kill the Kotile. All that is still there. Okay. They've amped up the graphic look of it, of course, because it's a much more modern game. They've added other enemies that are present. Gun Mm. turrets and lasers and stuff like that could also shoot at your little yar. And sometimes there can be multiple Kotile around the board. There can be two or three that you have to take down. You charge the Zorlon cannon, and it can take a couple of hits to kill a Kotile sometimes. You can also use that Zorlon cannon to kill the shield or to kill the turrets, things that are around the board. It uses all the base mechanics of Yar's Revenge. It's still oriented left to right, so you're on the left attacking the stuff on the right. There are multiple layouts, so they improved upon instead of, I think Yar's Revenge had two basic screens. You had the one with like the the crescent-shaped shield, and the boxy shield that kind of scrolled around. And that was it. But here you have lots of different layouts, different combinations of turrets and boards. Some of them are mazes. You have to eat your way through. All of that is great. And I loved all of those parts of it. In preparation for my video review on YouTube, I did a live stream where I played and invited people to help me pick apart the things that are good and bad about it. The first thing I noticed was that the music 
music, all again by composer Megan McDuffie, kind of a thumping little soundtrack. It's kind of lost on the the game is so frenetic and so many shooting and nibbling and blasts and things happening. I couldn't even hear the music, so it was kind of incidental. And then someone pointed out, not only is the music hard to hear, the ominous drone that you might remember from Yars Revenge that right stuff yeah. going on that's not present at all they replace it with music that you kind of can't hear so the imposing attitude of yars revenge is kind of missing here in this much brighter and less ominous game the other big miss is what is the biggest power move in yars revenge you can shoot the kotal with your zorlon cannon but if you can shoot him mid-air when he's a swirl risk reward like that's big point value that's also mm-hmm. how you got to the the easter egg you had to do right. that and then fly on mm-hmm. the thing the swirl is just an attack now. If I shoot it, it doesn't hurt the Kotile at all. Oh. And that feels like it feels like somebody doing the analysis didn't understand they looked at the face of Yar's Revenge, but didn't understand the mechanics of Yar's Revenge and the fact that that swirl is not a bullet. The Kotile actually transforms into that. And when I spend my extra resources and time and risk my life to attack it midair, I should get a big reward. But instead, it just right. kills the bullet and it's no big deal. I make sure I point out those two big negatives in case those are the things you loved about Yar's Revenge. I'm not intending to poop on Yar's Recharge. I'm enjoying it. I'm going back playing it more. There's multiplayer co-op, so two people on the screen at the same time. That's a lot of fun. There's a lot of missions you can play, just like the other Recharge games. There's a lot to it to enjoy, depending on what part, again, you loved about the original. Have either of you guys had a chance to play it or even look at it yet? Have you considered it? What do you think? I have not. No, I I haven't either, and I have looked at some other people's reviews Mm -hmm. about it, and I've I've seen the things you're talking about where people are crapping on it quite a bit and everything. Uh Uh-huh. Yar is the same as you, John. It's one of my favorite 2600 games of all time, maybe sure. my favorite. And I I had a hard time keeping up with the 2600 version. <laughs> I <laughs> always have. It's difficult for me to be successful at that game. And successful is a very relative term here. <laughs> um, I kind of have stayed away from these recharged things because mm-hmm. I don't think I do well with the frenetic gameplay style that these things employ. I guess I prefer the slower story driven game pace kind of things uh, sure. like last of us that we talked mm-hmm. about recently, mm-hmm. but this one based on your thoughts on it is one that I probably will pick up now. I don't know if they'll ever go on sale. You bought they this through steam. I'm guessing. Yeah, it's like 10 bucks, but I could see throwing five bucks at something like this yeah. just to have something that's more modern reliving the nostalgia. It sounds like there's not too much you don't like about it. I, I don't. I, so, I really like it. I really yeah. it might be my first or second favorite of these recharge titles so far. I really like it. Okay. And have gone back to play it instead of working on my review and under the auspice <laughs> of, well, I've got to play some more for the review. <laughs> I didn't need to play that hour that I clearly didn't record or actually use it. It is a lot of fun. I enjoy it. And I love Yar's Revenge, even with the things I noted. It doesn't diminish the fun of this game. If those were there, it would have been better, right. but it doesn't really damage it that much. Gotcha. So, yeah. Okay. Check it. It's on everything. It's on PlayStation, on Xbox, on the VCS, of course, if you have that, the Atari store. So if you're a Yar's Revenge fan, you should definitely at least take a look at Yar's Recharge to see if it's right for you. We'll put links again down in the show notes. Cool. Mo, how about you, man? What have you been playing? I want to talk about a game I've been playing on my Oculus oh. that I've been playing for a while. It's, it's become sort of a go-to game. You know, when I want to just do something kind of quick. Mm-hmm. It's called, I mean, I love the title. It's I Expect You to Die, you know, from <laughs> James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you expect me to beg? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> and 
so John, actually, this is one you probably would enjoy because it's basically little escape rooms is what okay. these turned out to be. All right. And I like it for a couple of reasons. One, you can play it sitting down. <laughs> so you don't have to get up and you're not. Another first world problem. Oh, I have yep. to stand up to live in a virtual world. Exactly. It's escape rooms for 50 year olds, apparently. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Because you can reach everything. Or, or there's ways even like to, something's out of your reach. You can pull it towards you, that kind of thing. The force. And so basically, he's like, you're a spy and you sent these missions, but invariably it's like toward the end of the mission where you're like trapped or in some sort of weird situation you have to get out of. And that's the escape room side of it. Okay. So that's why it's called I Expect You to Die because yeah. Bond was stuck to the laser table and Goldfinger right. mm-hmm. was going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, yes, okay. I expect you to die. And it's like, so one of them was like, you're in like a submersible and you're looking around and suddenly it's like the glass starts breaking because you're so far deep. So you have to like search around and you find, oh, here's the thing. I could seal the, the windows. You seal the windows. And then you say, oh, I got to start the engine. You start the engine, but they stuck a grenade in there without a pin. And all of a sudden it falls <laughs> and kills you and you got to start over. And the thing I like about it is that they are very creative with like, there's multiple ways of solving problems. Like it's not just one way. Good. You know, Good. an example would be like that grenade I was telling you about. You could take it out and the glue you use to seal the windows, you could seal the grenades shut so it doesn't explode. Oh, like a glue a glue pin basically replacing. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could take the pin from the fire extinguisher and stick it in there. Oh, or, that's cool. Or, you know, there's multiple ways of kind of solving some of these problems. And you don't even have to necessarily even do them like in exact order either, which is kind of cool. You know, you just kind of do them. Now, you look online, there are people who figure out like the speed runs. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can solve this thing Mo- in The most seconds. efficient way to get yeah, through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm okay doing it the inefficient way as long as I live. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into the efficiency stuff. And really, for me, it's just the fun. Some of them I play the second time because if you do find like more creative ways of solving problems, they give you little like bonus things oh. and you know little extras and to, as a reward. But generally speaking, it's just a fun – each room maybe takes 10, 15 minutes to get through if you okay. – well. Depends how many times you die, of course. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, seriously, there are some that it took me hours of replaying it. Not wow. the one time. I played it. And I'm like, oh, and I got to say, okay, I'm going to leave it and come back to it later and realize what I did wrong. But it's a very casual, just enjoyable game. You said you played a couple of, of the different scenarios. How uh-huh. many scenarios are in it? And does it appear to have like expandability? Like, like once you solve a puzzle game like that, other than like doing it again to be more efficient, there's not much... I don't find much fun in replaying a puzzle game once I know the solution oh, sure. to the puzzle. So it, are, are there a lot of rooms or are there going to be more rooms coming or what uh, about so the future? So the first one, the one I have is the original one that came with six, uh, seven rooms. Oh, that's a lot. Okay. So seven different rooms to figure uh-huh. out. And I'm on the, actually, I haven't gotten through them all. I'm on the second to last one. And this is okay. what I've had this game for a while. So it's taking me a while to kind of get through them. They've already come out with a sequel. Okay. <laughs> I expect you to die too. <laughs> so I still expect you to die. <laughs> yeah, I still expect you to die. Yes, that, that would have been a better title. Um, and I think that one also has has like the similar i think it also has like seven or eight rooms in it as well okay so the expandability really is they're doing sequels so they're going to yeah, continue exactly. like that all right okay all right i'm like you though i'm not really into like oh i'm gonna try to speed run it or get through it faster or figure it out to me it's just like you know where you get through it and you succeed and you realize that you didn't get any special awards like oh there probably was another way i could have done that right and that's kind of what makes me maybe go back and replay some things a second time are they very spendy how much do they cost so it's about 20 bucks for the first one and they go on sale constantly too do they? so you okay. could probably get it for 10 15 bucks if you just wait a little bit it's not crazy mm-hmm. and also potential sale bait okay yeah exactly fun game it's one i've kind of bounced back to quite a few times mm-hmm. like if i just want to play something i'm like oh that's a good one you know because again you can play it sitting down you know you don't have to like make sure you have space <laughs> around you you're not gonna like knock over lamps go or... back and hit that big selling point you can sit down that's the top yes. line bullet point in red <laughs> that's important <laughs> yeah as long as you have like you could swivel a little bit in your chair you're good to go you're good to go all right i expect you to die i expect you to die
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. Nobody has to tell me to get on the stick. With the wide stick, I don't waste time or money. See, speed stick deodorant is so much wider than the other leading stick. Gives you effective protection in just a few strokes. And if you've been using an aerosol, look, you'd use up two three-ounce sprays and start a third before you'd use up one two-and-a-half-ounce speed stick. So get on the stick. Makes sense. The Wide Stick Speed Stick Deodorant by Menon. Before we wrap up episode 131, we always like to take just a few minutes here toward the end to talk about the things we're either looking at now or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together. And Mo, I would like to start yeah. with you. What do you have on the horizon? Oh, sure. So one is Rings of Power. I think actually, it's already dropped. I oh, think it's it already out. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, I've watched it. Yeah, it came out September 2nd. Have, I have not had a chance to watch it yet. So mm-hmm. looking forward to watching that and kind of give my review. That's the Lord of the Rings prequel. Lord of the Rings prequel. That's the $463 million Lord mm. of the Rings what? series. That's how much it costs? Yes. I heard it was so yeah. Yeah. season two. Okay. Yeah. But <laughs> so. we've got homeless people in this fucking country. So <laughs> yeah. go figure. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, the other thing is Cobra Kai season five is coming out September 9th. Mm. And the one I'm looking forward to watching, which is kind of surprised, it's a series called War of the Worlds. And I was looking and it says, oh, season three is coming out. I'm like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I started watching season one. I stopped. And I couldn't remember why. So I went back start, and it has like Gabriel Byrne. It has a really great cast. So I started watching it again. I realized why I stopped was because it's actually a joint venture between an American TV production company and one in France. So the characters sometimes speak French and sometimes speak English. And mm-hmm. I couldn't find the right subtitles. For oh. <laughs> so I got so frustrated in the second episode, I just stopped watching it. More first world problems here we are again i'm like i don't understand what they're saying so i said let me take like five minutes and actually find them Mm -hmm. so i did i found the actual correct subtitles i went back and watched them and it's a really really good series it really has very little to do with hg wells it's just that the world gets invaded by Mm. something and their first attack kills pretty much everybody (laughs) except for a few people Mm. and these few people are trying to survive and they're being hunted you know these pretty typical stuff but it's very interesting the story is developing like pretty interesting way like i'm trying to figure out what's going on so i'm re-watching now season one and two now that i can watch it in the correct language and so now i'm like oh season three so hmm. that's what i got so how about right. you john what do you got going on uh well just a couple of things the first is uh comes out i think the maybe it just released or it's about to release september 6th it's a comedy central show called out of office it's kind of like imagine if you redid The Office, mm-hmm. but it was all remote work. They're all on Zoom meetings or team meetings and stuff. Oh, really? George, have you seen this? Have you seen the trailer yeah, for I've this? I've seen the trailers for it because I was watching an old rerun of The Office oh, the, the other Office. day, yeah. and they showed this commercial <laughs> from the executive producers of The Office. Yep. It's oh, really? out of office, and it does look funny. I'm definitely going to watch it. It does. Yeah, it has uh, Kin Jung, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. He's in it, and some other people I recognize, Oscar Nunez is in it, actually. 
actually for yep. the office, right? Yep. So he's in there. It looks cute. So it's light comedy. I mean, I'm in for it. It's a Comedy Central original. The next one drops the day this podcast releases. I was surprisingly really into the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. I really mm-hmm. liked it. Yeah, I haven't watched all of the Disney Plus Star Wars stuff. I'm kind of a second tier Star Wars fan. I don't love everything, but I enjoy and it somewhat. And they have a shit ton of it. So There's yeah, a lot of true. it too, right? But I love documentaries. So September 8th on Disney Plus is a documentary called Obi-Wan Kenobi, A Jedi's Return. That's all about oh, yeah, the making of that. pre-production yeah. behind the scenes. They coincide this with that Disney Day thing, right? Something like, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. it's all part of that celebration i think you're right they're like coming out with the thor the latest thor movies going on the streaming service and then they have the this obi-wan thing it, it's mm-hmm. a whole like join us for disney day like amazon prime day or some yeah. shit but it's yep. watching disney stuff. okay <laughs> so that should be fun it's a documentary and it's about television production so i'm on board uh, and the last one is a piece of tech that i have had for a while but i've not explored a great deal it's called a retron 77 so i don't know if you've heard of them before but 77 you may recognize is the year that the atari 2600 was released george you've been talking about getting your atari 2600 that you acquired getting hooked mm-hmm. up to the tv and getting it to work right and getting tuned to the right channel it's fuzzy and retron 77 is a modern reproduction of the atari it's a small little guy and what you can do is you could plug in real atari cartridges into it and play them with real atari controllers or you can put roms on it and play off an sd card and it has a modern hdmi output so you can plug it right into your capture device or your tv or whatever now it doesn't play like they say 99.5% of cartridge games will play on there. The hardware is a reproduction of the Atari. It's not, it's, just, it's a clone. It's been great so far in my experimentation, but I'm want to dive into it more. I like that I have it. it. It's wood grain on the front, so that helped. It looks like the old Atari. <laughs> Set the wood grain you're in. But the more I've been playing, especially with the 50th anniversary of Atari and diving back into old 2600 stuff, I finally cracked this out of the box and I'm loving what it has to deliver. It's nothing new, but it's new to me and I'm looking forward to exploring it more. George, what about you? What do you got coming up? Uh, well, uh, first of all, I recently, because of some circumstances that I'll go into in a second, I've had more of an opportunity and more motivation and accountability to do some more writing Mm -hmm. um, for us for some of our stuff that we have coming up. So I'm enjoying doing that and I'm looking forward to more of it. Like the other day I spent literally 20 minutes and banged out four and a half pages before the formatting. So I know it's going to be like 11 pages after formatting. After weeks of procrastination, right. 20 minutes of concerted effort. Exactly. Huge rewards. Yeah, I get Typical, it. Typical, you know, American Gen Xer, right? <laughs> Procrastinate until the end and then do it later. I get it. Of course, Mo, you mentioned Cobra Kai season five. Yep. That's going to be awesome. I talked about one of my things that I was sure was going to happen. If it didn't happen last season, it was going to happen this season. And You're by right. God, Mike fucking Barnes is coming back. <laughs> I can't wait to see this character and see what they do with him because he was a throwaway character from the shittiest Karate Kid movie. <laughs> but I always gravitated toward loving. I wanted to see what happened to him. I really want to know if they bring his, his two little henchmen back as well. There was no. one of them that was called Snake and the other guy. I want to see if they bring the henchmen back as well. But Mike Barnes is coming back. And then the third thing that I'm most looking forward to, and I'm not trying to end the show on a downer at all, but here in the last uh, week, my mother had a uh, serious health issue. She had to go into uh, the hospital Mm. and um, turned out that uh, the heart valve that she had replaced eight years ago is firming up so it's not opening and closing as efficiently as it Mm. should to let blood Mm. into the heart. And 
So she's having complications from that. We were in the hospital up until the day before we started recording this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually postponed the recording because you had yeah. family emergencies, yeah. of course. We pushed yeah, the push. which was, um, I appreciated very much. Oh, no big and, deal. Nothing, no problem. You know, it's one of those things that as we get older, our parents, who those of us who our parents are alive still, um, are getting older and getting to the point of needing more and more assistance. Um, my Major medical. Yeah, my mother has always been very independent, just like your mom, John, um, always wanted to do her own thing and stuff and doesn't like to ask for help. So even just her, I was literally at home across the street from where she lives, and she didn't tell me or anybody for two or three days that she was feeling bad. She's going to end up having to have a new heart valve replacement as Mm -hmm. part of Mm. the therapy, part of her getting better. But that's what I'm looking forward to is her getting better. Mm -hmm. I'm under no illusions. I'm a realist. I know that with my mother's age and these health concerns, she may not have a super long time on the planet, right? She might have a decade, maybe a decade and a half at this point. And as I've gotten older, I've worked on these mental health things that we've joked about earlier in the episode. And I've started to change my philosophy on what things are important to me, which I imagine most humans go through when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, the most important thing is that Saturday morning cartoon in your breakfast cereal. <laughs> and when you're a teenager, the most important thing is that significant other that you want to mm-hmm. go out with. Right. Because and, at that point, you're immortal and invincible. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that changes. Yeah. Now, you know, we're 50s plus and things are looking different. Like I'm kind of in that midway point of my kids are super important. And then my parents, my mother is super important. Of course. And of course, all the other stuff just kind of falls by the wayside. So most important thing to me, besides TV shows, video games, electronic devices, any of that kind of stuff right now is just having some more fun and being able to spend time with my mother. So I'm hoping that uh, all this stuff goes well and that she gets better. Obviously, I've told you offline, and I'll tell you again here on the show since you shared it, all of my best uh, to your mom. I know mm-hmm. Mo sends his love, and we love your mom. Your mom is great. Uh, you know, you and I have known each other forever, so we've known right. each other's parents forever, <laughs> yeah. and uh, she's wonderful. So I can't wait to get over and see you and see her again. I'm glad she's on the mend, at least. There's a diagnosis, and you have steps going yeah. forward. Having so a plan good. is the best part because right. the when you don't know, It's the scary part when you don't know what's wrong. Right. Exactly. All of our best wishes to you and your mom, George. Thanks. I appreciate it. Absolutely. That then is going to wrap it up for this edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. Before we leave, I want to take just a second here to thank a brand new Patreon supporter over on GenXGrownUp.com slash Patreon. Brandon F. hit us up. He enjoyed the show (laughs) enough that he said, you know what? It's free, but I'd like to give you a couple of bucks every month to tell you how much I love it and keep you going. We love that you do. We love all of our supporters, whether it's on YouTube or over on Patreon. It really makes a world of difference. It means the world to us. So thank you, Brandon F., for jumping on the bandwagon. And I'll tell you, you're in great company. We have a lot of great (laughs) and amazing fans that do the same thing that you do. If you want to do what Brandon did, head over to Patreon and hit us up. We'd love to have you along for the ride, too. That will wrap it up then for this edition of the show. We'll be back in two weeks with another one. But next week, as you know, is our backtrack where we pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. You know, the more I think about this backtrack coming up, it kind of makes me angry. And Uh you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) We are going going back to 1978. Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno helmed The Incredible Hulk. 
It was appointment TV for me, I know. Oh, you guys, yeah. I know. Spent a lot of time watching the Hulk smash people and then walk quietly out of town at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. The show ran for four or five seasons, and it's a touchstone if you're a Gen X nerd like we were, and we're going <laughs> to dive into all things Incredible Hulk, the 1978 series. We hope you will join us for that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, it's you, though. We all appreciate most of all. And we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown-ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Uh, we'll pro- probably I'll probably uh, bust your chops when you go. I'm gonna do two or three or whatever. Oh we'll yeah, make funny. That's all that good stuff. All right, in five, four. <laughs> if they hear this part, they're like, "Wait a minute! They plan on busting each other's chops? That's not cool." <laughs> there was a young girl who is literally the son of Satan. She or daughter. Her, her, I'm sorry. She, she is literally. <laughs> I mean, she could be the son. She's a demon. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Are they very spendy? How much do they cost? Uh, Each one. Actually, you know what? I should probably find that. We ask you every time. I know. I forget. <laughs> I love how his response is, I should probably find that out. <laughs> Before we wrap up episode 100 and, oh shit, what's the number? 31. 5, 4. <laughs> we ask you that every time. <laughs> every, you're supposed to know it every time, John. And 5, 4. <clears throat> Well, hey, podcast listener, my name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts.